I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. splendid hello hi i haven't seen you in like two and a half weeks yeah two and a half three weeks maybe even i don't even know that's what happens when somebody gets covid steven got the vid and i'm alive and i'm well he got the vid he, he was huffing and puffing well i gave the rundown of it last week right yeah i know yeah you did but uh but yeah, I did welcome the, i did the quarantine thing for a couple weeks yeah that's that had to be interesting for you Quarantining, fucking like hated it. Not going to the gym or anything, just losing yeah. your mind for two weeks. No, I can't go to the gym except in Idaho. Yeah, maybe you should just move to Idaho. We're moving, it's not to Idaho. <laughs> Where would you move to? They have a state income tax. I've got a short list. A short list of places you'd go, all of which have no income tax. <laughs> uh, no state income tax. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Florida, there's a few places in Florida. Yep. Nashville, Tennessee is on the list. Nashville be cool. Henderson, not been there, but Nevada's Nashville. on the list. Interesting. These are all warmer than here for the most part so far. They are warmer than here. Um, <laughs> I would also consider, even though there is a state income tax, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is not warmer than here. No. That's where you hung out before, right? I've, I've lived in Wisconsin, yeah. I like the Midwest. I'd be close to my Packers. I'd probably go to every game again. Probably. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you think you'll stay in Spokane forever? That was the plan until Jay Inslee started acting like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Ruh-roh. a statement. That's just a that's a statement of fact or opinion of or a fact of my opinion. Okay, okay, okay. It's Welcome to Ordinary Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clunt. <laughs> this is my crazy Scottish friend who has crazy opinions, Stephen Brown. They're not all crazy. Just some of them. I don't think that one's crazy either. By the way, here's the best thing about opinions, right? Is like they're all wildly varying, and everybody thinks theirs is the right one. Well, Stephen lost something here. He's looking around my office trying to figure out oh, his iPad. Uh, iPad. You know the thing about opinions being like an asshole, right? Yeah, it's like a butthole. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has them and they all stink. They all stink. <laughs> you got a stinky opinion. My favorite is when people have opinions on things that they really shouldn't have opinions on. So like, Yeah, some, they're not an authority to have an opinion, really. drives a Toyota Corolla, tries to tell you what kind of car you should buy. Yeah, and it's usually a Toyota. <laughs> it's funny how that works. No, I'm talking about like they're driving a 1990 Toyota Corolla, trying to tell you what you should spend your money on because they're the best and all this. Yeah. I, got, I love those Toyota people. So I did fall to that. We bought a Toyota uh, for my wife to drive. She likes it. I think it's boring. But it does the trick. I think you're totally missing my point here. <laughs> oh, you oh. just killed it. You just killed your mic, mic down. Killed the microphone. Um, what I'm saying is it's like taking money advice from somebody that's broke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm getting that. Yeah. Those kinds of people. Yeah. It's like, why would I Why would I want to talk to you? We always joke. It's like, you don't really want to work with a broke financial advisor. That's not a good, that's not a good thing, but. You were a broke financial advisor at one point. I was never broke. <laughs> I had less money than I have now, but I was never broke. Good point. What are we recording about today, Benny Boo? Well, this was the topic that you brought up. Mm-hmm. Mental fortitude slash toughness is what I wrote it down as, but I think you said fortitude slash mental toughness yes. is the way you said it. So I'm not sure if that meant something the way you said it versus the way I just said it. No, I think fortitude is a component of mental mental toughness is a component of fortitude. Mm-hmm. I think there's different kinds of fortitude, but well, I think um, where I'm coming from. And I'm going to be vulnerable here, and I know you're planning on being a bit vulnerable as well. 
I'm probably in the worst headspace I've ever been in in my life. I've been through some shitty things, not COVID-related, and I'm not talking about recently. I'm just saying that in my short but colourful life, I've had some ups and downs, and I've never felt as hopeless to do things, positive, negative, or affect any change as I do now. Uh, I think I've talked before about how I derive my income, and this is an exercise I don't, I probably shouldn't have done, but I sat down and I'm going to use a big number here. I sat down and figured out how much income I've lost this year, not from <laughs> not from being unemployed. I hasten to add, I'm still gainfully employed, and I still make money. But I was talking about a moron or somebody that I think is a moron a little bit ago, and I don't think he's looking at secondary and tertiary issues. I can absorb this loss. I know others that can't. I make my living from other small businesses and medium-sized businesses selling products and being paid for with credit cards. So between signing bonuses, um, so there's three elements of this. Some of my signing bonuses disappeared because businesses that we're planning on changing aren't changing or are just flat out going out of business. So signing bonuses, not so much. My signing bonuses are also based on using statements to factor in Ooh, yeah. the next year's income. Statements ain't looking so good right now. So we're now going in month 10 of this, and guess what? People's financial statements don't show much income, mm-hmm. therefore signing bonuses are way down. Well, and let's just caveat to your business. It's A lot of it is restaurants. About a third of it, yeah. Okay. Restaurants and bars. Uh, hospitality in general, whether that's hotels, restaurants, bars, coffee shops, yeah. Makes up how much you think? Uh, about a third. Of All my those, entire those, book. those total. Okay. Yeah. So then I make residual income based on their monthly sales. <laughs> and for about four or five of those, this ain't months, looking good for Stephen right now. There's been nothing, right? Yeah. And then, and this is a shitty part. Business, now I'm getting bit in the ass for businesses that I signed up a year ago. So the way I'm compensated with the signing bonus is we take a statement or multiple statements depending on the risk of the business and we go, okay, three months, you do this much. We estimate you're going to do this much in the 12-month period. That means we'll make this much profit. My signing bonus is half of that. If it doesn't do that or if they close or cancel or whatever before that, I get what you call a true-up. I don't know if that's in your industry. Do you get anything up front? Or no. is everything based on a reason? I mean, not in my world, but some, some industries you get yeah. an upfront, but not well, like you do. In the last three months, there's also been a substantial amount of negative true-ups. Now, negative <laughs> true-ups are so rare for <laughs> me because I'm hyper-conservative. So, like, they, you owe money back? It basically, yeah. Yeah. Long suck. story short. So, I have what we call an AR, an accounts receivable, with my company. Oh, jeez. And even though I'm still signing business... Some of that's getting deducted because <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a number and you know I'm still having a decent year. Yeah. Jay Inslee and what he's done in this state has cost me directly in excess and I stopped counting after eight months. I don't wanna do the last four months because fifty thousand dollars. Out of my pocket. And that's a conservative estimate. Do you wanna put that out there on a podcast? So yeah, like I said, I've, I'm going to be able to pay my bills. I'm not going to be broke or hungry or anything like that. But think about people that can't absorb that. Think about people that don't have other means of income, people that aren't investing and doing things. And so, yeah. So from a, and here's the thing: my my mindset doesn't come from just finances, but yeah. it plays into it, right? So yeah. I'm upset that one man is making decisions rather than a legislature. I'm upset that mental health isn't being taken into account. I'm upset that somebody doing my job in this state that might be married and have multiple kids can't absorb that kind of loss. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Um, So while I'm blessed, I'm angry, and I find myself more and more in the last two months being easily irritated. Mm Mm-hmm just kind of negative headspace which for me is I haven't posted a quote on the on the Instagram which I need to get back to yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been doing the things I normally do I was looking at that yesterday 
And all I've done on social media is look at negative things. I've had to put some people on 30, 30 day shut the fuck up. Like there's a thing for that. <laughs> yeah, on you can hide their posts for 30 days um, or whatever. Take a break. And I'm really reevaluating how I'm consuming information and whether I even want to consume information. And for somebody that you know, that's enjoys not a bad being informed, thing, though. But when, when you enjoy being informed on things, there's there's just this. But it, I, th- I think it's probably good to ask yourself, is it productive information, too, that you're, you know, being informed on things that don't necessarily have any meaning behind them is kind of worthless, right? So you want to be informed on things that actually have meaning, which that might be changing what actually what you find has meaning, right? It's like there's a yeah. lot of things that I anymore I don't even care about, even if they're like people, oh, well, you know, like so-and-so getting elected is going to have a massive impact on you. It won't 10 years from now, so I don't really care. It's like it's just that long-term play, right? That long-term perspective. But, yeah, no, 2020 has been a hell of a year. It, uh, I think it's going to, I mean, we'll see what 2021 holds, but, <laughs> hey, you know, it. Uh, I hope it gets better. Can we so, just get aliens or something? Something cool. I, th- I think what's really <laughs> funny is when we started, like when we started – what you know discussing what our topic was going to be for 2020 we had no idea what 2020 was actually going to hold in terms of like the test that it would be for everybody right like we're talking about leadership and mental health in 2020 and (laughs) talk about two things that we need drastically in 2020 was strong leaders and positive mental health but uh and when we started the podcast this was um in 2020, I'm meaning we didn't say that we didn't come out. And if you listen to our podcast and we didn't come out putting ourselves out there as like, hey, we're great leaders. We're going to impart wisdom or, hey, we're really strong from a mental health standpoint. We're going to impart wisdom upon you. These topics were chosen because they were areas that we each wanted to grow in, too. And so I know uh, with mental health, especially like I always say, like that's something that's going to constantly waver, I think, because there's things that are going to impact you positively or negatively our external forces, right? Like your Inslee example, right? With, with uh, the, so had a neg- his, his, his decisions had a negative impact on you, caused you to see real loss in the form of monetary income, which made you angry, upset for other families and businesses that can absorb those types of things. Right. So it's like, those are real things that drain our men. And then it happens again next week. Oh, what the hell? And then it happens again next week. And then you see somebody posting something that's contrary to what your beliefs are. Cause they don't understand what you've just gone through. Right. And then that just makes you more angry. And so it's this ever perpetuating cycle. But, uh, I, uh, I'm going to share something that I haven't shared on the podcast yet that started a few months ago. And, um, it actually came about when my wife said, I think you should go see uh, go see someone. I'm like, what does that mean? And it was a time uh, in the summer when I was pretty irritable. Uh, and I think it was COVID-related. It was, I mean, I went through one of the hardest points that I will probably ever go through in my career with the March-April time frame and the drops. Uh, you know, this business is one of the emotion, most emotional businesses that you will ever see. I mean, I deal with death uh, you know, helping widows through the loss of their husbands or vice versa. Uh, I deal with people that have children with drug addictions, helping them decide whether to send their kids into care facilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dealt with uh, husband-wife issue in terms of physical threats. Uh, so, I mean, that people think it's like, oh, you're just managing money. It's like, yeah, but you're forgetting that money permeates every area, right? So, and I've not always been the best at leaving those things at work i'm a pretty emotional uh sympathetic empathetic person uh if you will and so i started seeing a psychologist probably four months three or four months ago and uh not because i'm like having you know extreme depression or suicidal thoughts or anything like that just that i always equated it to hey you know race cars get tune-ups it's like i think that it's wise that yeah, I probably should go in and get a tune-up then, you know, and, and there's probably some underlying issues that I don't know about even that I need to talk through. And so what I told Stephen today would be kind of interesting is just kind of, de- I don't know if debunking is the right word, but like sharing what that process looked like for me, just so it's like, hey, if you feel like you want to go in and chat with somebody, like you should, because it's almost just like having coffee with a friend, honestly. And I've not seen people with uh, psychologists like i've not seen them have 
less of a bias. Like, whenever I go in and meet with this guy, it's always like, what I've come to find out through through this is like, there are no right answers, which is the interesting thing, right? Like, you come in expecting him, like, so what, what, what are the things that I'm going to work on this week, Doc, right? Type thing. It's like, there are no things that you're going to work on. Like, he doesn't give you a list of actionable items that you should work on always, right? Sometimes it's almost planting a seed and then, hey, watering it during a session and letting you think on it for the coming weeks. And you come back and you're like, oh, I kind of thought about what you had said there Mm -hmm. and I altered my actions in this way, right? Um, So uh, I would say, though, the first couple of of months, honestly, were just, hey, getting to know me, like getting to know my story, getting to know how I tick, getting to know how I'm driven. And a lot of it came back to my perception of myself and, and what I feel or where I should be, right? And, and we've talked about this before. Like, if you don't like the your goals, you don't like the the, the, the then change them, right? And, and we have the ability to do that. But sometimes, in my mind at least, I I wish I was before. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I always am grinding. I want to make more money. I want to do more. Money is a resource in my mind to do the things that I want to do to help the people that I want to help uh, to give to the organizations that I want to give and that I'm a part of, right? So it, it, there's a lot of meaning behind it to me, right? And the sooner I can get there, the better it's going to be. So I had to work through some of those ideas of how it is that uh, I'm going to work through stress and learning to be like, I can't control that. There's certain things that I can't control. I also like things done a very specific way and because uh, I, I, I notice detail a lot. So in the, a lot of folks don't notice detail, and I notice the little details on the outside that to me mean a lot, but to other folks they might, and to the grand scheme of things, they might not mean as much. So, But this process has really just been once a week. I would go in. I'd sit in the office. We'd chat about what's going on. He'd take notes. And uh, he'd probe a little bit in areas that he thought needed to be probed. He would validate my feelings sometimes and say, like, what's wrong with that? And even the idea that I need to constantly be grinding, he said, maybe there's periods of time where you need to not be. Like, and you need to just give yourself permission for a week or two to not grind and just mm-hmm. be, right? Like, which was an interesting concept because when I get slow, my initial reaction is to go make more calls do more things right he's like maybe if you can't control when people say yes you should just be then right so it was an interesting process and i'm still doing it and i'll continue to do it until you know i feel like i maybe forever who knows right just uh to go see someone and as i have shared uh, you know personally with people uh the fact that I'm, I'm doing this right and he's a performance coach as well so it's psychologist and a performance coach um they're like oh that's really interesting i've been seeing a psychologist for years you're like wait what like so nobody's talking about this stuff but a lot of us are doing it and seeing them right <laughs> and then you realize how much uh i think it's needed especially in this day and age well <clears throat> therapy has become it's become more talked about and it's become more acceptable but there's still a stigma there right therapy in general but here's here's what i would say and there's a couple places i'm going to go with this we don't treat our minds right you talked about being hypercritical of yourself like your perception of yourself i think we've talked about that on the podcast multiple times yeah you're i've shared that before you don't give yourself a fair rap you you literally are too critical of yourself yeah despite being in so many ways further ahead than any of your peers and you look at your peers as people that are sometimes 10 15 20 years ahead of you in life yeah because i don't see age either and it's not fair and some of that's monetary some of it's status some of it's um you know 100 percent where you're at yeah 100 right so yeah the stigma needs to go away and that's I would actually say, from a mental health standpoint, we've neglected the topic and the subject of mental health in different ways, despite that being one of our focuses this year. Yeah. You and I help each other, and we talk about it regularly. Yep. But now that I think about it, most of it's off air. You know, we had Philip Tyler, and he talked about it, and dear God, he just shared the last video his son made. I don't know if you saw that on no, Facebook. No, I haven't. I'm not um, sure if I'll be able to watch it. Um, I mean, it's actually really uplifting, believe it oh, or not. Oh, really? It's oh, his, the video that he recorded the day before he committed suicide? Yeah. Oh, God. So, um, it's, it's. I mean, but he talked a lot about mental health. We've brought it up in, in spats here and there. But there's there's a, 
attitude and mindset, I think, are the two things that define your mental health, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a sports psychologist. His name is Bill Beswick. And there's a video that I can send to you after this. If you're listening to this, just search Bill Beswick on YouTube. But he's wonderful, and he always talks about how, as an athlete, we have a coach, and that coach, whether it's your your head coach, your fitness coach, your so I'm going to stick to soccer here. Your your shooting coach, your you know whatever you're doing at any given time, you've got these people that are trying to dial in all these different aspects of your game to make it as razor sharp as it can be. But we often neglect the mind, right? It's like you can have a skill set and you can be the absolute best at hitting a golf ball mm-hmm. 300 yards, but if you're not there mentally, it's going to have a negative impact on your game. So the way he looks at it, and you talked about a tune-up to the car, and it's a similar concept that he brings up. He talks about attitude and mindset being like a fuel tank. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. says every now and again, you get lower, you get halfway. You, you know, If you get too low, you're going to break down. So attitude and mindset have to be treated like a fuel tank, and every now and again you have to top them up. And we all do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Some of us do it with rest. Some of us do it with exercise. Some of us do it with taking a break completely and going and doing something else. Yeah. You know, whether it's hey, I'm going to go out for a meal and get drunk tonight, right? And I don't rec- I don't recommend medicating with with yeah, booze, booze. But every now and again, a good belly laugh over a beer and a cigar with your buddies is the best thing for you, right? Totally. Yeah. We also have to look at what we're surrounding ourselves with in order to top up our attitude. The people around us, are they down in general? Are they bringing us down? Do they need help so that they can help us type of thing? So like I said, this guy, Bill Bessie, he talks about all of this, and I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, to go back to what I talked about right at the start, the last four or five months, I haven't been topping my fuel tank up. I've been listening to less podcasts. I've been listening to less yeah. well, audio books. Do that for so long. I've not yeah. been watching YouTube videos that are in any way inspiring. Um, you know, and this morning I actually posted this on my social media this morning. I had zero motivation to go to the gym. I saw that. So you're posting. The only thing that made me do it was the fear that I would get to this point in the day and feel like shit and put myself in a worse headspace than I was before I went to the gym. And there was something cathartic about driving to Idaho for 40 minutes, lifting weights, and then driving back. And I made sure there was time for, um, even though there was a little emergency and I had to come back to do some work stuff, I still had time for an uplifting podcast, some uh, some uh, phone calls with people that are going to fill my cup. But yeah, I encourage everybody to look at what Ben's saying and, and basically this, this model that... Um, think of it as a fuel tank or tuning up your car or doing a service you have to do it you have to do it regularly it can be daily it can be weekly it can be monthly but you have to schedule it and you have to make it a priority and you have to tell the people around you that that's your priority and you had asked me once like if i ever got married how i'm going to protect that time at the gym and that's exactly how i'm going to protect it because it's my mental time and space to get things right yeah so I think the other part that is uh, you kind of alluded to it, right, is that people see when you take care of yourself from a mental standpoint, right? If you take a mental health day or if you uh, go see a psychologist or if you meditate or if you do some of these things, right, sometimes they're like, oh, you seem kind of phony, kind of weak, right? It's like I don't know where this culture came from that where it's like taking care of yourself from a mental standpoint is weakness. But I think it should actually be seen as just the opposite, <laughs> Because the people that are doing that are the people that are going to be able to come back with vengeance, if you will. I mean, that's the wrong word for it, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, man, just, I mean, I feel better. I've been in a place where uh, I, I'm able to, I mean, I'm a heck of a lot less irritable. I think if you ask my wife, like with regard to our kids, that was one of the reasons why I go. And I think I even shared that on the podcast prior, like the week before, <laughs> actually. Uh, we said there was three things that we should work on. Right, and we shared those, and then the next week, my wife told me that uh, I needed to see somebody because I am getting kind of angry with our son, and not like I'm not like abusive to our son or anything like that. You guys, it's get like, over here, you little bastard! <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I'm just like snappy, 
right? And so when you're constantly snappy and you're constantly like tense, it just stresses you out too. Uh, so and come to, I mean, I think also part of it is uh, I, I don't sleep well. I've, I'm figuring out too. So part of my irritability might have been not sleeping well, right? But if I get a positive mental headspace, figure out my sleep, it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a heck of a lot better situation. Well, but so. I, I can help you with the sleep stuff because I was right there. And I mean, I have a list of things that have to happen for me to sleep that you should think about implementing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's and, not so much getting to sleep; it's staying asleep after I fall asleep. And and again, it's, it's just, it was the same for me. I would doze off and wake up, and doze off and wake up. And actually, there's a really short list for this. Ariana Huffington. I don't know if you you know yeah. her. She's actually got a thing called the Sleep Project. Um, yeah, I remember. And she's on this that, yeah. mission to help people sleep better. And yeah. you can watch some of her stuff. Or long story short, do you have blackout curtains in your room? Yeah. How much ambient light do you have in your room? How many electronics or an alarm clock light or a light on the bottom of your TV do you have? Yeah, yeah. You have all of that, right? No, I don't, but yeah. (laughs) Is your room pitch black when you sleep? Yeah, we have blackout shades. Yeah, it's pitch black. Okay. Do you have any ambient noise? I mean, like white noise? Yeah. No. So there's no air conditioner or anything that you can hear? No. Okay, so... How? What's the temperature? Mine's in your room? Uh, right now. We're keeping it at sixty-nine. Good number. Um, <laughs> I, <didn't even> <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to say this number because Stephen's going to go. Um, so that's actually higher than the recommended. You're supposed to have a cool room. You're yeah. supposed to be cool, and you you negate that with blankets. But there's lots of little things in Ariana Huffington. Well, and part of mine it. is is uh, my back too mm-hmm. is bad. So it might be like Lauren talked about. Like maybe I need to get a Tempur-Pedic bed again. Because it's like my back just, mm-hmm. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it's just, you're just like, God, my back hurts so bad. I've got to turn over to the other side and then half an hour later it hurts so bad. You I sleep turn on back your side? Yeah. 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 If you could get one of those ones that elevates your legs and you sleep on your back, that's supposed to be better for it. Yeah, I've been sleeping on my back too, but this is all stuff we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing <laughs> ideas know, out there. I know. But like you're I said, Ariana Huffington has checklists if you wanted to check it out. Um, but and I had a... Yeah, no, I'll definitely... Yeah, no, I wanted to share that, though, just kind of what my journey had been the last couple of months, just so people like, hey, there's folks that are actually going and seeing these people. And in this day and age, right now in 2020, I know from my conversations with people who are psychologists that I've chatted with, but also ones that are clients, that they are busier than they have ever been. So I know a lot of people are going to psychologists or uh, seeking you know, mental health counselors of some kind, marital mm-hmm. counselors, whatever it might be. And you know what? Props to you if you're one of those people for, for taking care of yourself instead of just letting it sit there and grind away at you, right? I mean, it, it's just the same that goes with marriage, I would say, too. It's like people that sit there and they don't communicate, right? And they just kind of let stuff go. And they don't communicate with their spouse about something that happened. And there's like, ah, oh, it's too much work, right? It's like, well, that's how things start to fail. And that's how things start to fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. Be it your relationship with yourself, again, or your marriage, right? You need to communicate yeah. to, to, to make it work. So in part of this mental health, uh, you know, with a psychologist is communicating, right? Just saying sometimes the way you're feeling makes you lighter. Yeah. And I- I would say as well, and you kind of touched on this, I think the perception of therapists, psychologists, um, coaches and things like this that you can you can hire to help you, I think people think you go to them when you're broken and then you don't go to them when yeah. you're fixed. Yeah. I don't think that's the case No, I don't think so either. Hence the tune-up comment, yeah. right? You know, you, don't, you won't see a professional athlete that doesn't have a coach not a mental coach I'm talking and most of them do have mental I was going to say well. probably that too but from a skills perspective if you've got a professional athlete that hasn't been coached you've got somebody that's probably going to fail yeah so what makes you think that you know everything have everything in check and everything under control and that you're not letting toxic things seep into your life the only way to do that is to share your experiences which going to a therapist is you don't show up at a therapist and say fix me I keep doing this yeah the therapist to your point dives into that they want to get to know you they want to know your tendencies they want to know well what what might what was a trigger event for this and they're going to dive into that with you so i think we have to again it's call it a stigma call it um a preconceived notion whatever you you like you're not going to be 
a good productive member of society if you're not getting therapy in some way now there's different ways you don't have to go to a professional no a lot of people get what they need from the people they surround themselves with um, doing coffee with a friend or something you know. yeah and it can be an outlet i encourage everybody to look at the people that you're spending the most time with and see if they're filling your cup or if they're absolutely or you know, draining you because yeah. when you don't when you're drained you have nothing left to give and that, no. that usually negatively impacts the people you're closest with i think what's also been interesting uh you know and, and, and this is a very much not even a therapist thing but it's like hey do your goals and the things that you want actually align with your work ethic right and the things that you want from that standpoint right if you're like i want to make five million dollars but i want to be home with my family all the time and not have to travel and that's like okay well some of those things aren't going to align so <laughs> i mean in what perfect world do you live in right and and it's been interesting to talk through with him some of those things as far as like you know you say you want this but then you want to live it like this it's like oh yeah i could see how those could be contradictory right so it's like i think even there he's helped me work through a couple of things where it's like are you do you actually want that you're like that's a good question when you pose it like that <laughs> it's like it's like well i want it but I don't know if I want to do what it takes to get it sometimes, right? So I, I think learning more about yourself, right, in this situation is what I'm getting at is is when you have a better understanding of who you are and what your makeup is, right? Because I think for a lot of people, they don't even understand sometimes the reason why they do the things that they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, but if you can gain an understanding of that and have a better kind of mental foundation built of who you are, I mean, you want to talk about mental toughness, I mean – if you have an understanding and a comfort with who you are, your mental fortitude is going to be built up. Right? Fortified, you fortify something, that means to consistently build it up to make it stronger, right? That's what mental therapy is going to yeah. be. And then you're going to have a mental toughness about you because you understand how you might react in certain scenarios. And you can not manipulate, might be, but you can you can make decisions that are going to put you in a position to be able to get through whatever this scenario is in a way that's going to not be, you know, a bunch of anguish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before we actually focus fully on fortitude and mental toughness, I wanted to tell a story, and you just reminded me of it, and it really did fill my cup. Um, and I, I hate that term, fill my cup. I've said it multiple times. I don't know why I keep saying it. I think um, it's a good term. But it, it made me feel good. Uh, a colleague of mine who had been outperforming me, which is A-OK, <laughs> couldn't figure out why I was okay with them outperforming me, right, for the longest time. And we would have one-on-ones, we would be together at high-performing awards and things like that, different events that the company has. And I'm still a top performer, but I'm a top performer that has balance. And he called me a few weeks ago and he said, hey, dude, I, w- I want to thank you. And you don't know what I want to thank you for. Because, I, I mean, I hadn't talked to him for a month or so. And I says, okay. And he said, I've been thinking about things. COVID's really put a lot of stuff in perspective. He's like, you do it right because you perform at a level consistently. But you have balance. He's like, you play golf every Friday in the summer. And I was like, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> I play multiple times a week, right? He's like when you want to go and see the Green Bay Packers play, you bugger off and you see the Green Bay Packers play. I'm like, yeah. And he didn't say bugger, that's my own... um, Scottish thing. Yeah. And he goes, but yet, if I need you at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, I can call you. And even if you're on the golf course, you answer and you get stuff done. And you're available and you're attentive. And he's like, and you're doing both and you seem happier for it. And he's like, and I'm stressing out about finding an extra sale here or there to maintain this high, high level. He's like, when if I just drop down a level, I'm happier. I've still got all the money I need. My mm-hmm. kids are around more. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't have kids. But I made that deal with myself a long time ago that I'll never have a job that I don't have balance. And I have way more balance than most people. And by that, I mean, like, I essentially make my own schedule. I don't have to work any day I don't want to work. I don't have to ask for time off. I don't think he'll ever go to that extreme. But he essentially thanked me and said, I see what's important now. 
and I realise I need to protect that. And I was like, hey, you're welcome. That's cool. But you did that on your own. Yeah. I just happened to be doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it happened it was a to nice be an example of, of what you kind of wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what it takes, right? It's like to increase your happiness and to increase your time, you might need to take a step back. He was killing himself. He was stressing about literally finding an extra sale every month just to get to this. And it's like, okay, so you get an extra 2.5% residual. That sounds great in principle. But look at everything you're sacrificing. Yeah, well, and what are the numbers yeah. actually, right? Yeah. Like what are, you're like, so another 2.5, what does that come to? So 500 bucks. I don't know what it is, yeah. right? Like, is it worth it? Do you need it? Yeah, is it worth it? <laughs> Do you have enough already? Yeah. <laughs> See, and that, I love these types of conversations too because at some point, right, it's like I think you want to constantly be growing. You want to constantly be better, right? But that doesn't mean more. Yeah. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? And and I think for so many of us, myself included, it still does, but also like it doesn't at the same time, if that makes sense. Like it's something that obviously that I'm working through. Mm-hmm. It's like – being better doesn't mean making more money always. No. Nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with the amount of money you make. But it is how, at least I equate it. Like, it's 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 what demonstrates, like, that's how I've demonstrated value, right? In my mind, at least. Look, in pop culture, two of the greatest people that will ever be discussed are Mother Teresa and Gandhi. And they never had a brown penny to rub together between them. No, yeah, they didn't. But they were amazing people. They were constantly growing. They are still revered and looked up to by Dalai me. Lama. Doesn't even carry money. No, why would he? Because everything's free. If he too. walks down the street, everybody's giving him shit for free. Yeah. But beyond that, he realizes that. I just think, and I've said this before. There's a there's a misquoted verse in the Bible that says money's the root of all evil. Yeah, the and love that's not of essentially what it says. The love or the pursuit of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. When that's your soul, and when that's the sole thing that you focus on. It's never going to be good. But, and again, we've had leaders on here, whether it be um, Tyler Lafferty, you know, other people that we've had on, and they always say, hey, focus on doing the right thing and focus on helping people. Money comes after that. Mm -hmm. And the more people you help and the more people you focus on the right thing and the greater the, the focus on the right thing, probably the more money you're going to make. Yeah. Right? And they do well. And, and that's <laughs> they're an example of that yeah <laughs> um so i want to really knuckle down on fortitude here i'm actually i felt re- like we have been knuckling but you you, <laughs> you knuckle 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 harder i'm re-listening to a book and i recommended it to you this morning i listened to an hour of it today while i was doing some stuff what do you think it's good so far i like yeah. it yeah. so i had to look up who the gentleman was yeah, yeah. And, and i'm going to say his name in a minute yeah. and some of the people listening are going to go oh god right wing crackpot and he's really not I think he's very fair and very balanced. His name's Dan Crenshaw. He's a congressman. Texas congressman. Texas congressman. He's Republican. Yep. But that's not why I like him. It's not. I, he's he's a, He wears an eye patch. Um, there was actually a really great joke that he talks about in the book on Saturday Night Live. Talk, and it said, I don't know if he, if, if he looks like a congressman or if he looks like a, an assassin in a porn movie. <laughs> 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 because really he like has that. the eye patch but he, he lost his eye an IED which is an improvised explosive device and uh, and I want to say it was in Afghanistan yeah. might be mistaken there but this guy his book his outlook is so wonderful um, he talks a lot about outrage culture mm-hmm. and a cancel culture and how we've morphed to be this almost as society we've morphed into the worst version of ourselves and he he talks about traditional values he, he literally talks about biblical values further on in the book and I don't want to spoil it for you because you yeah. know we're in yeah. he talks about biblical values and how they've been demonized yeah despite the fact that basically morality has been demonized yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway I wanted to focus on some of the things he talks about so um, he talks about who's your hero right and if you think about the people that we idolize just now and when I say we, I mean society in general. Look at who has the most follows on social media. We're looking up to the Kardashians. We're looking up to athletes that don't live the best lifestyles. Yeah. We're looking up to people that don't have a good work ethic, um, don't have a good 
set of morals and values, right? Um, I mentioned the Kardashians. The only reason the Kardashians are famous, well, actually, there's a few. The first one being that their their Bruce, dad, Caitlyn. No, well, no, that's not their dad. Their dad. Oh, the, the attorney. original dad was yeah. the, one of the attorneys that helped get O.J. Simpson, Simpson off. Um, and then from there, they got famous after Kim Kardashian recorded herself having sex with a rapper, and released that. So, we're idolizing that. Now, they're wealthy, they have status, but that's not what we should be looking up to. And I don't just want to bring the Kardashians down. Um, I'm sure they do good things as well. Yeah. I'm just saying that reevaluate who your heroes are. Look at your heroes. Well, Look at who their heroes are. I think the thing are. is, right, like, heroes don't need to be dictated upon, you know, by society, right? It's like, what are your values? What are the things that you find important? And who are the people that embody that? Mm-hmm. And those should be your heroes. Those should be the people that you look to, to you know... Try and, and base your life off of. Yeah, and guess what? None of those heroes should be politicians. None of them. Well, None. unless your hope, I guess, is to be a politician. Yep. Well, even then. And if you, you should, it should look to somebody who is moral, yeah. which you know could luck find in too many in politics. But yeah. Sorry, so, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> John wants to go. Other things that he mentions in the, in the book that we we might have lost sight with is like. Um, a sense of shame the things that get shamed now oh yeah you know and, and i'm going to give an example of this so there's a there's a phrase in the uh in the uk handbags at 20 paces right handbags at handbags at 20 paces so think okay pistols at 20 paces you know yeah shoot out at noon or dawn or whatever it yeah. is you walk away for 10 steps and shoot so when it's two guys arguing over something really petty it became handbags. They're throwing their handbags paces. at each <laughs> So there's a, there's a soccer pundit, and he said, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he, basically, he was asked about an incident. It was two guys fighting on a soccer pitch, right? Players, professional game, highest level. And he goes, oh, it was nothing. It was just handbags. He's like, geez, the two of them could put a dress on, and it was like a couple of old wives arguing, right? To me, there's nothing wrong with it. Except for the females probably didn't like that. But whether they did or they didn't, it's a it's a turn of phrase. There's no malice intended in it. He's suspended now. He's probably not going to be able to be on TV anymore because of this outrage cancel culture, right? And it's like, we're sweating stuff and we are so outraged um, and have shaming you, things that really shouldn't be shamed. Have you seen Kevin Hart's new... I, I sent it to you guys and I said, you should really watch this. It was this weekend. Lauren and I watched it. I haven't watched it yet, but I think I know what you're going to bring up. Well... And it's basically Kevin Hart's now doing comedy from his basement. Like, he built out a comedy club mm-hmm. in the basement of his house. Super cool setup. He's like, I won't even go out there anymore and do it because there's so much, basically, like, almost like I'm scared to go out there. People are coming after me because I'm saying these things, and then I'm in trouble for them. Well, do you know the Oscar story with him? The Oscar story? So Kevin Hart was supposed to present the Oscars. Okay. And I'm going to I'm gonna give you context. Um so he was supposed to present the Oscars and then there was this quote unquote moral outrage from Twitter and social media because of the twi- the, his comment or because something? of something he did in a stand up but 10 years before yeah and for the record I can completely relate to what he said in the stand up but do you know what he said no he said my worst fear is that my son grows up to be gay yeah. Now he quantified it there and then. He said, "Not because I'm anti-gay." He's like, "I cannot relate to that." Now he did it in a funny way, right? Comedy is yeah, supposed to be protected. Comedic. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to be able to make fun of things and and people, you know. But he was basically saying, "How am I supposed to relate to that?" Yeah. We walk down the street. I see a girl's ass. I think it's cute. What am I supposed to do? Nudge my son. And he didn't say all this, but I. This is, goes through my mind doesn't mean I love my son any less if I have a son that's gay. It doesn't mean that I don't yeah. try and understand and help him. But it's definitely a fear, right? It changes your mindset. Yep. Now, that was what he was doing in his comedy bit 10 years ago, maybe even longer than that. But this video from 10 years ago gets pulled back, put in today's context where everybody is hypersensitive and everybody wants to find this, this thing to be outraged about. And now he can't present the Oscars yeah. because of something he said 10 years ago. The, again, taken out of context, sounds terrible. But when you put it in context and listen to what he actually said, 
it was kind of funny, plus it was kind of heartfelt, plus it was kind of poignant. Well, and at some point, right, it's like people say things for comedic relief. It's not because it's necessarily truly what they believe or like, oh, Kevin Hart believes that gay people are bad. That's not what he believes. I don't, I mean, at least I don't believe that's what he believes. I think he's probably the type of guy where it's like me. It's like, no, I love everybody. I don't need to believe what you're doing is right, but I love everybody. Like, I mean, except for Satanists, maybe. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, in, in the video he's talking about basically like he's like you guys you guys have changed it all on me he's like i can't be funny anymore almost like i can't even without fear he's like, i'm doing this in my basement i'm doing stand-up in my basement we're recording it i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying something that i'm not supposed to basically but it's like at least i'm in my own home and like nobody can tell me what i can i can't say in my own home essentially and i was like well yeah good good for you man i mean if that's Do you know where what? you're gonna get to but it's sad that we're at that point right mm-hmm. and what i was gonna say though is to some degree if you're gonna be funny, you're gonna be a comedian. Like, comedians say stuff that's crass. Like, it's not supposed to be offensive. It's comedy. Comedy is not supposed to be offensive. And <laughs> if you think it is offensive, uh, well, you know, well, do you know maybe think. Do you know who sums this up? And I love this mindset and this outlook on it. Dan Cummins, who we've had on the podcast before, yeah. and he talks about it. He's like, "Hey, look, if you, if you're sitting in a room full of people in a comedy club, and you're offended." Instead of trying to get me to stop saying what I'm saying that other people are laughing at, maybe it's realizing that you have a problem or you're an issue and you just need to not put yourself in that situation. Instead yeah. of trying to get it canceled for everybody else. Well, like I said earlier, have an issue if you it. understand, if you get a better understanding of who you are as a person, right? If you want to go back to this mental fortitude and toughness thing, if you understand how you're going to react to things and you're able to now shape the environment in which you're going to be in so that you don't have negative reactions, then do that. But don't get mad at people when you put yourself, I mean, if, like if I don't do well mm-hmm. with a bunch of little kids running around and kicking and screaming, I should not leave, put myself in a situation alone where it's me and like 10 kids running around kicking and screaming because that's not going to be a positive experience for me or those children when I lose my mind, yeah. right? So it's like if you are triggered by a c- comedian talking about his son being gay from 10 years ago, Maybe not watch that video. Mm-hmm. And especially don't try and get other people to watch that video and feign outrage. Yeah. You know? It's like, mm. Well, I think the, the part about that book that we haven't talked about so far, that Dan Cranshaw book, is, is he was like, I was walking outside once going to Congress to vote. And uh, there was protesters out there, as there always are. But he's like, but I couldn't tell what these protesters were protesting. Because usually it's like, you know. They're protesting some particular bill they're going to be voting on. They're protesting some topic, right? He goes, this one, they just had buttons and shirts that said, stay outraged. He's like, they no particular topic, just said, stay outraged. It's like, so now we're just at a point where there's no top. Look, we should just be outraged because of something, right? Like, keep the heat, keep the fire stoked so that when the next thing comes around, we're ready to go and we're ready to fight, right? Like, we call that, that's like mental brainwash, (laughs) Like, if you think about what that really is, it's like you're just trying to stoke the fire, keep people angry so that they will, you just hit something, keep people angry so that basically when the next topic comes around that you want to throw in front of them to get them, but you've got your clan basically there that's going to protest it and lose their minds for whatever reason Mm -hmm. because of, you know, the, the, the label on the pecan is now orange instead of green. I mean, pick a stupid topic, but yeah. I can't believe it anymore. So here's here's some quick hit things that I would say in order to be more mentally tough. And look, again, we did not start this year talking mental health and leadership, thinking we were the best at it. Going through 2020, I've realized that I am very, very mentally tough and do have a lot of fortitude, albeit that it's kind of coming ahead here just now. Um, mostly because I hadn't addressed the things I need to address, um, including therapeutically chatting about what's bugging me with people that can help me. Um, so what we need to do as a society is stop trying to make things easy. And I don't mean like coffee makers and things like that. I'm talking truly like we're talking about forgiving student debt. We're talking about, you know... Um, lowering the standards to get into colleges, lowering the standards to get into the military, doing different things to make things easier 
And I want to go the other way. I want to do hard things every freaking day. The second I'm not getting challenged daily, I'm not interested. Whether that be a relationship, a job, a career path, uh, an extracurricular activity that I do. You know, if, if I if I don't feel challenged every day that I'm doing it, I'm done. There's a reason golf keeps well, and me coming I think back. that's what fulfills you. So what I would say is, like, find whatever it is that fulfills you and do it daily. Yep. It doesn't have to be a challenge even necessarily. That's just Stevens, right? Yeah. So it could be, I mean, whatever it might be, like going to the gym, going for a walk with your wife after, whatever the heck it is. And it could be something different every day, but I think you just need to do something daily. Be yep. like, ah, oh, good, I got something done, like that, that fills, fills your cup a little yep. bit, right? Yep. From work perspective, mental health perspective, relational perspective, whatever it might be. And sometimes that's easier said than done, knowing what fills your cup, right? So yeah. sometimes that's that's when you need to go chat with a with a, a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever that's too. That's a difficult thing, going and chatting with somebody, right? Yeah, being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, well, and you feel like I mean, I, even when I walk in his office, sometimes I'm like, am I going to run into somebody that I know? Are they going to see me walking into psychologist's office? Like, what are they going to think? It's like, <laughs> and then and I'm at the same time like, what do I care what they think? Like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to see, you know, my guy. I'm going to talk through all my issues. and, yeah. and my <laughs> Hey, like you said, more people do it than, than care to admit. Well, what I love that he talks about, he's a psychologist and a performance coach, right? Mm-hmm. And those two things go hand in hand so much. When you think about it, you're like, to perform, you have to be in a strong mental headspace, right? To be a strong performer, like, you got to. You, you, I mm-hmm. mean, you can't be struggling in any way really mentally. And for me... Uh, I'll, I'll loop back but for me to be able to do some of the things that I have to do in my job I have to be strong mentally I mean, yeah. you really got to be strong mentally Tim put it well and it was based off a book but it's also in the show Blacklist they reference this uh, thing called being a sin eater and and I had not really thought about it I was explaining it to my wife I was like, I think that's the part that people don't realize being in finance that's hard mm-hmm. it's like you are a lot of the time and, and I don't I mean this to be in a biblical way, but it's like you're you're you are taking on the sins of a lot of your clients, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are taking on the worry of their financial goals, making sure they get to their financial goals, making sure that the portfolio is allocated in a way, making sure that you're talking them off the ledge when the market drops, so they don't do something to screw up all of those other things, right? I mean, you are making decisions for them that are some of the most massive life decisions that they're ever going to make, and you're speaking into them. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm okay maybe that's a little mentally taxing and you don't always realize it yeah. but I, that sin eater thing was a pretty cool uh, analogy I was like oh yeah. that's true so I love that next thing on my list my, my hit list my quick list hit it <laughs> is um, something physical doesn't have to be the gym yeah. Doesn't have to be running in the street or getting on a bike. No, I agree. Go on a walk. Take your dog for a walk. Get it can outside. Be doing something around the house that needs doing, but yeah. do something physical that's going to make you feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting harder. Like As that. we're recording this, it's three thirty-five and it's almost dark outside. Dude, it was dark all day today. We're going to get. I, I read an article last week saying that there's going to be multiple days in December. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where it's dark. Sunsets before 4 p.m. December 21st, man. We, we do live pretty far north here in Spokane. But get the hell outside and do something physical. So you those know, are two things. The do other day, physical. I took my AirPods. Yep. I was on a board meeting. Took my AirPods, pulled up Zoom on my phone. And they're like, Ben, where are you? I'm like, I'm walking through the park. Like, I've got to get outside. Mm-hmm. And I took 20 minutes, half an hour, walked the park on the initial portion of our board meeting. I mean, you, you just got to find the time to do it. So anyway, the, the physical thing, it, it can be... Jeez, have sex with your partner. Do something that you it just you need a cathartic release physically, yeah. right? Um, Run the stairs. The get outside part. Get some vitamin D. Vitamin. 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 No vitamin. Vitamin. Why would the I change to what you say? What do I say? So in order for an I to be I like that, it would be the. Vitamin. You know, if you eat tomatoes, you can get vitamins too. Listen to me. We're we're talking about the <laughs> the uh, the construction of the English language here. In order for V I T to be vite, it would have to be an E, e. after the T. I it's before E except vitamin, after C. not vitamin. It would be V I T E A M I N. 
Think about English. Think about the rules. Stop being a jackass. And Americans stop ruining our language. Just eat your tomatoes. Take your vitamins. Tomatoes. It's going to be fine. Anyway. (laughs) You got your hit list going? What else you got? The last thing on my list is take some time off. Totally. We're working from home. Yeah. Okay. Lots of us are doing more from home than we've ever done. Take some time off. Don't have your home space be your workspace as well. Yeah. If you need to get the hell out of the place, if you need to have a, a, something set aside where you work, don't work in your bedroom, don't work in your living room. Have somewhere that this is work. If you need to set it up in the kitchen table and then make sure you take it down so it's not always there. Yeah. But take time for you and take time off. The other it's thing so that I've, I've been, I mean, if you're working from home and you're not getting out at all too, it's like, mm-hmm. for some people, I think watching TV is a fine outlet, but... I would, and I've been guilty of this some nights, right, where you just go home and you just get dinner, sit on the couch, and basically that's all you do all night is just watch TV for a couple hours, right? It's like that's not necessarily, I don't think, a productive release, at least for me. Like it doesn't energize me in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So something to think about uh, as we go you know, into our dark season here is is make sure that you're doing the things that are going to fill your cup. 100%. What are you doing there? Taking a picture for the Instagram. Why are you taking a picture of me? I don't know. Why not? We need some pictures. <laughs> we do. Um, but that was a bad picture. Just keep talking. I'm going to take your picture. picture you always picture. get bad pictures you of me, dude. Literally every picture you take of me is bad. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just took two pictures. Yeah, let's not use any of those. Mm. We'll, we'll do pictures. Um, stop. Put your phone away. Focus. Come on. Vitamin. Vitamin, 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 vitamin. Okay, we got some good ones. No, that was a good one. We, Minus. Did not, we did not get any good ones there. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think more than anything, above all else, we're here. We record this. If you're feeling kind of down, reach out to us. It can be on the Instagram. If you've got our numbers, call us, phone us. I, I want to help people because... I've been there, I've been down, I've felt like it's hopeless, I'm not quite there yet, I'm just kind of angry just now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but through this, and I say this with, and I mean it, with zero partisanship or any kind of um, ulterior motive, we gotta be together through this time right now, and winter, coming into... you know, at the start of COVID, we were coming into spring. The weather was getting good. We were able to get outside and do things. Ben mentioned the dark season. This is where seasonal depression hits. Hardcore. So oh, beyond hardcore. With everything going on just now, people can't go to the bar, can't hang with their friends, can't even be with their family sometimes if they're from different households. Um, you know, there's this perpetual 24-hour news cycle telling us the world's ending. If because one person's won the election and another person won't concede and yeah. quit that shit. Get, do some, some things that are going to help you and mm-hmm. don't let things get too far. And I'm happy to talk about, if anybody privately wants to know about what's going on from a psychologist standpoint too, like, if, like, you know, how did I decide to make the decision to go or anything like that? Like, I'm happy to message or chat on the phone as well. If that's not something that you want to type in a in an Instagram post or anything like that to us, <laughs> yeah. But okay, well, I think we've said enough. Ben. Yeah, we can just quit talking. Yeah, you should always shut up. Yeah, you should always shut up. Actually, Scottish be a, accent. It would just be one way me talking to myself. If you weren't here, right? Could you shut up. I do that, by the way. I talk to myself a lot. It's one of the things that keeps me sane. Sometimes I'm the only person I get any sense from. And now Ben's been a child and not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Told me to shut up. Yeah. I was just seeing how long he could go. Not very long. Yep, I figured. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening today. Get on to the social, the interwebs, whatever those things are. Like us, rate us, review us. Share us with your friends. I'm sure you have friends right now that are struggling uh, that probably could use... Mm-hmm. here in this podcast to be honest 
Uh, please share it for just, your friend's benefit even. <laughs> I just told Ben a story on the way into the building here to record. I ran into somebody that knew us, and she just got told about her podcast by a former guest, Cindy Donahue. Yeah. Thank mm. you. Um, told her to listen to a specific episode that it might help her, and she loved it. So Very that, good. Was, that was awesome. kind of cool. Love being a resource. Yeah. But. So we're going to go now. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.